0: Welcome to wherever you may be, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to be talking all things Chelsea. My name is Olivia Bazaglo, and joining me, as always, is Charlie and Krish. Guys, we are through to the Champions League final. We are going to Istanbul. Charlie, try and sum up for me how last night felt.
1: We always, it's this is why this is the greatest club in the world. We always seem to pull it out of the bag. Um, I mean the state of the club in January the state of the club this season and we're in the Champions League final this is this is what this is what we do this is I think if you look back at our European finals they often come after the most tumultuous season when we probably <laughs> sacked a manager or something like that um and I'm just so pleased for the players um to have pulled it off they were all brilliant last night I still feel terrible um <laughs> Having, having celebrated watching the game. But um I'm just so overwhelmed really with with how well they've done, how well Tuchels Dunes has come in. And um, you know, fully, fully deserved. We 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 managed the tie superbly, barring, you know, we the my only complaint is we we could have scored more goals. And, and if you're coming away from a tie saying that, then you've you've probably done all right. That's literally my only gripe. Um and could have put the tie to bed even earlier but we we thoroughly deserve to win over the two games we managed to tie superbly that stands to Colin and that stands for players and um yeah it it was it, it was I was bouncing home on the way home last night I was I was on cloud 9 and it was just so good to get that feeling back
0: and Krish, I mean, I still can't believe that Chelsea are in the Champions League final of all seasons this season. I just can't believe it. But how impressed were you in the manner in which we, we did this? Because I think in, in, in our, journey on, um, on our journey in 2012, I think some would say we fluked our way to the final. We were a little bit lucky, but this Champions League run, we outplayed Atletico Madrid, we outplayed Porto, and we've just outplayed Real Madrid, the giants of European football, over two legs, and made it look fairly
2: easy. I know, it was, it was an unbelievable performance. I was obviously, it was horrible to watch. I think we were just saying <laughs> off there uh, until the second goal went in, but yeah, it's one of those games, that I think for the neutral, they probably were watching and were like, Real Madrid aren't going to score here. They probably knew the whole way along, but watching as a Chelsea fan, it was like painful, but we did <laughs> such a job on them in every area of the pitch. Um, uh, the way we went after them when they had the ball, pressed, organized press, um, won it back so easily, bypass the midfield so easily, and um, utilize our front three so well as well. Uh, yeah, um, just unbelievable. Really, it just didn't it didn't seem possible when we were drawn against them. I don't know why that that we could play like that with such confidence against like essentially like the kings of Europe or like the kings of the Champions League. Like going back over the years, so. Yeah, it was I was quite emotional at the end. I just couldn't couldn't really believe it. And as Charlie said, to, to to be back on that stage after such a long time. I know we've had domestic success since 2012, but really miss having those really big Champions League nights where we actually finish up on the winning side of things and, and comfortably last night as well. So yeah, it was it was yeah, a great night.
0: Um it was, it was so, so good. Charlie, it's, hard, it's going to be hard to pick one because I think there were so many players that were impressive over the two legs. Um, but I think specifically last night, who who was the standout performer for you? I
1: think, um, taking the first leg into account as well, I, I think Kante.
0: Mm.
1: Um, you know, he was He was superb. Um, it, he was kind of he was kind of systematic of our performance really, in that we dominated them. We we wanted the ball more. We were first to every ball. We were cutting through them at will. Um, we were f- so much more energetic than them. If you look at the Spanish press this morning, they're saying Real Madrid got run over by a train. Uh, mm-hmm. That train is Kante, isn't it? Um, you know he he he. I remember on this podcast we were talking a few months ago, like about his future at Chelsea, and he he'd kind of. Had trouble with injuries and a couple of poor performances, but I mean, to he really now like to put in that performance over both legs of the Champions League semi-final against Real Madrid, that is really putting him in the absolute top echelon of players, not only in the world today but in in Chelsea Football Club's history. Um, he was fantastic.
0: Charlie, hear me out. If I, I was going to tweet this, but I saw it on Twitter anyway. Yeah. So bother, it's a bit but dangerous if, when
1: you tweet things these days,
0: <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> um, so, if Chelsea—so hindsight's a beautiful thing—but if 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 Chelsea win the Champions League in the FA Cup, and France go on to win the Euros, is Kanté a genuine contender for the Ballon d'Or?
1: Wow. Uh, yes, he would have to be. He would have to be, of course.
0: I think back I think back to Luka Modric when he won it. You know, it was a year where Messi and Ronaldo were still scoring more goals than anyone. Of course they were, because really they're the two best players regardless of who has a great season. But Luka Modric, I think they won, I don't know if they won La Liga that year, but they definitely won the Champions League and Croatia got to the World Cup final and he won it. So I'm just thinking maybe if, if everything goes Chelsea to A, and obviously France have got a genuine possibility, and Kante usually is a big part of France's success. Could he, could he be a genuine contender i think so
1: 100% he absolutely deserves it and i think with with Ren, you know messi and ronaldo not so much on the wane but there's certainly other players coming into that conversation yeah. i mean it would be great to see kante win an award um something that he would he would thoroughly deserve and i think not just this season but over the you know since we bought him even before that obviously everyone knows how crucial he was to you know, arguably the greatest story in English football history in, in Leicester's title win. I mean, what a player, what a player he's been. And, you know, I think the next month or so, um, if he carries on that and carries on that kind of big game mentality, um, we're kind of going to be thinking about him as one of the greatest midfielders ever to wear our shirt. And then obviously what he does from there, if he went to win the Ballon d'Or, that'd be amazing, yeah.
0: No, I've, honestly, I, I, I'm getting too excited now. We've just got to the championship <laughs> final, and we're literally talking about Kante winning the Ballon d'Or. Um, listen, we spoke off air, Krish. We're going to talk about one other player because I, for me, saw why we paid seventy million for Kai Havertz last night. I thought he was absolutely brilliant up against that Real Madrid defense. What did you make of his performance?
2: It was that yeah I think that is what we've been waiting for I think we've spoken a few times this season um where he has like had the odd good performance but it's come against uh I don't know Crystal Palace or um mm. yeah Fulham for example exactly last time out um and seeing him so I, I was at the game the Palace game and seeing him in the flesh then I was like this guy is, has got it it's just about showing it on a more consistent basis and um I actually think in the week since he has started to do that, but obviously doing it against Real Madrid and against Sergio Ramos, whether or not he was fit. But I actually thought, um, so we've been talking about the need for like a proper number nine, but I actually thought he bullied Ramos like a proper number nine should. Oh. Um,
0: it was a bit- well.
2: Yeah, exactly. That that second header was unbelievable. Mm. So the, the header of those two, unbelievable oh, yeah. header. Um, and, yeah, he, he just caused issues all night long, and it wasn't just the technical side of the game that we are used to. He was doing the dirty work, and I think a lot of um, I was kind of worried about Timo Werner being up against Ramos, for example, because I think he will he just eats you alive if you're a shrinking violet. Basically, like if you if you give if you show any sign of weakness, he will just be on top of you all game. But actually, I think they both did really well. Like um, Werner rolled Ramos for for the first goal. Um, Havertz was. Was being physical with him all game long, and he didn't like it, and um, it got to his head. I think I mean, he he didn't have a great game, but um, then also then there's the obvious technical side of his game, which was was on show yet again. The nutmeg on Tony Crows, there was a a really silky nutmeg. I can't remember who it was on, but on down the right channel as well. And uh, yeah, he deserved a goal. Should have should have scored with the open of it. I mean, that was a lovely effort, and and obviously put it on a plate for Werner. Uh, and should have scored that one on one, but I thought Verner was sort of in his way for that one. Typically, um, but yeah, just all round. It, if as uh, you showed that if we don't go and sign a striker, he is perfectly capable of playing that role. I think if he just adds a few more goals, we've got a really complete and exciting player there.
1: The, the open the opening goal, I actually didn't see it go in the net because I've got up when the ball was going towards the goal and it hit you and I'll list. turn around like <laughs> and then I see everyone everyone behind it's me just crazy. going absolutely insane <laughs> uh, I was like oh
0: <laughs> I think that's probably the easiest goal that Timo Werner will ever score and I'm glad it fell to him and I, I'm glad he, I'm glad I'm really glad he got it Um, you, you've you mentioned there Krish that you know if Kai Havertz can add a few more goals to his game then, then maybe he could be the number nine but the amount of chances that not just Kai Havertz didn't didn't score, you know, I know Kante, you, you don't want Kante in those positions really, but you know, he had one, Mount should have scored, we had so many chances and I was sat there thinking, Real Madrid are going to get one chance here and, and, and they're going to score it. Yeah, and that's what I was luckily, thinking, oh,
2: second half, oh, second just, half long, and I was like, God, it's coming, isn't it? Like, it,
0: just felt like it was one. set up. It felt like it was set up for that completely, but because of the fact that everyone's missing chances, if Chelsea had an out-and-out number nine, a Harry Kane, a Romelu Lukaku, Chelsea win that game 4 0 don't we, Charlie?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we, we we should have the top, We should have won the first leg mm. three or four-one. You know, um, the same obviously was was true last night, as, as you said, all those chances going begging. Um, I think you know, obviously, it, to have a Lukaku in there dictates that you play a slightly different way to the way we were, rather than people like Timo Werner who might not score all the time and has been justly criticized for that. Um, But what he does do is kind of spread the play and kind of a a lot more direct running than, than, than maybe a a kind of traditional number nine. I would say Kai Havertz is far from a traditional number nine. Um, But yeah, I I think for next season, although this has worked so well in this tie and, and in other games this season, I do think we do need a number nine just to kind of mix it up a little bit if if Tuchel has decided that Abraham and uh, Olivier Giroud aren't that man, then we then we need something to mix it up, particularly, you know, if we're going to be defending a Champions League. <laughs> yeah,
0: and also if. <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> I know I saw a quote from Christian Pulisic today saying he's had to continue to prove himself over and over again. But do you think that move to keep him on the bench was a genius one by Thomas Tuchel? Because when I first saw the the, the lineup, I was thinking, "Oh God!" Like he didn't play against Fulham. He played brilliantly, caused them all sorts of problems in the first leg. Why is he not playing? But I think it genuinely was an absolute masterclass from Thomas Tuchel. Krish, to keep him on the bench because when he came on for that final 20 minutes, Real Madrid just could not handle him one bit, could they?
2: Yeah, uh, I have no idea what what his his, uh, his thinking was. Uh, at, at 90 Min, we try and like do predicted lineups every week and the one for, for Chelsea is just absolutely, every, every match where it's just impossible, there's no point, you never get it right. You're like, oh yeah, I'll give it a go this week, I'm, I'm sure I'll be, I'll be close and then you are win there. Uh, and that was a classic case, yeah. You felt like Sick had to start, especially after he, was, after he was rested. But he's done that a few <laughs> times. Where players have had a good game, then suddenly they're just out of the team for two in a row. But yeah, as you say, um, introducing him at that stage against a defence that was clearly struggling, as it as was and had been struggling with the pace and the physicality of, of um, Havertz, especially. I think it was yeah, it was just perfect timing. Uh, I thought it seemed early when when he, Werner was actually coming off. I think he just had. Uh, a really long run the the Kante miss I think he just yeah, top, teed that yeah. up and then he took him off I was like oh wow his his pace looks like it's doing some damage here but yeah. um but yeah so it was sort of 25 minutes to go, and yeah Pulisic was just un- unbelievable like great mm-hmm. assists, r- great wing play generally um far far less wasteful than maybe we've seen him be in the past and yeah. uh yeah, just caused them all sorts of problems. It was just it was such a, it seemed just like such a smart substitution in hindsight. Whether he planned for that, who knows, but the, the oh way so meticulous that you would say probably did.
0: Well, listen, it is going to be an all English Champions League final. Manchester City against Chelsea. Now, when I got asked who I wanted to face in the final potentially... It was either Man City, like it was. I'd rather play them in a one off game, but Charlie, they would have really wanted Real Madrid to go through. Pep Guardiola and Man City will not want to face Chelsea in the Champions League final, will they?
1: No, 100%. 100%. They're, they, you know, if we can do that to Real Madrid over two legs, um, you know, what can Man City do? You know, like let's not be arrogant. I think, you know, you still got to look at what City have done this season. We go into that game as underdogs, but still. You know, we've beaten them once already this season. We have Tuchel's record in big games this season, which is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's it make no bones about it. Guardiola was trying to win that FA Cup semi-final. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was the exact it same really game great. plan as, as what I think to use in the um in Istanbul or wherever the final ends up being. I hope it gets moved. Um mm-hmm. uh and, and, and yeah, look, this is this is this was definitely the worst of two options for Manchester City. Um, I think they would more...
0: have, blown, I think they would have blown away Real Madrid. I, yeah, 100%, they'd have, 100%. I think they'd be comfortably.
1: 100. They do. They are more ruthless than us. You know, there's been one criticism of us in the last few months is that, you know, we're winning one nil when we should have actually won four 0 mm. You know, um, that's obviously down to individual errors and, and, and possibly a bit of mentality. But no, uh, Man City don't have that problem. That doesn't mean they can't be got out. That doesn't mean that we're not capable of winning this final. Of course we are. And it, it looks like, you know, we're talking about Pulisic. Tuchel uses this squad so well and he uses, maybe not the whole squad, but the, you know, a core of about 16, 17 players. He uses it so well. And, you know, yes, Pulisic didn't start last night. And I was like, you, Olivia, I was, I didn't know what was happening. Like I, I, I was fuming he wasn't starting really. Um, but he, he, you know he did. He got us to that stage. You know he scored the goal in the first leg, and that's how. And and then, as Chris said, he kind of really caused them a lot of problems, culminating in the winner. Um, or sorry, the second goal even. Um, later on last night, and and, and that's that's how Tuchel uses the squad. And and look, we've left ourselves in such a good position with this group of players. And I think it's worth saying, you know, we were all upset with uh Frank Lampard I still am and I still mm. think you know he deserves credit and I don't think he should have been sacked when he was but mm. the improvement in a number of players under Tuchel is, is unreal. I mean players like Rudiger and Jorginho they were both insanely good last night. Down
0: and out yeah under Lampard. But yeah they were I thought I thought Rudiger especially um, was a real real stand-up. I think Jorginho as well, across the last few games, I've been really impressed with him, especially in big games as well. Um listen, Chris, we go into this game as underdogs, we go into the Champions League final as underdogs. I love that. I prefer that. It's all of the pressure on Manchester City.
2: I, I yeah, I really think it is. I think I've I've said the whole way along that the Champions League has been a nice distraction from the the kind of really attritional fight for the top four. Um and yeah, I think. We, we've won the Champions League before. We've been in finals before. We we know, even though we've had a, a few fallow years, that we are capable of getting to that stage and have something about us that, that enables us and sort of carries us forward in a, a, a spirit that we used to have um, in the kind of early days of, of the Abramovich era with John Terry, Frank Lampard, and Didier Drogba, and that, that seems to still be there somewhere, somehow. Um, City haven't won the Champions League and Guardia hasn't won the Champions League when he hasn't had uh, Lionel Messi. So it, it is all the pressure on them. This is the trophy they've been waiting to win. This is what they've been building up to after their own um, takeover back in 2008. So it, again, it's, it for me, yeah, it still remains a free hit for us. Obviously, it will be absolutely devastating to lose it, especially to another English club but you feel like it would hurt more for for them than it would for us. I think we've got one in the bank and relatively recently. um, And it's beginning to feel like we can do it again. um, If be it not this year in the, in the nearish future, especially with such a young squad. So yeah, I think psychologically, as we, as we said that um, FA Cup semi-final victory will have a bearing um, domestically, We'll see how this weekend goes, but yeah, I think I think the pressure is on them far more than it is on us.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was I was whenever I've spoken to anyone at work today, um, I was saying I was too young. I was only four, I was fourteen in when we lost to Man United in Moscow, and I, I was crying. I was obviously really sad, but I just didn't obviously you don't feel that way when you're older and you go to games and you're more involved. And even when we won it in twenty um, in twenty twelve, I was seventeen. 17 or 18 it doesn't work 17 or 18 and um again I didn't really go to many games then so I didn't feel like I obviously was absolutely ecstatic that we won the Champions League of course I was but like I feel like now if we won it now I would enjoy it the most and if we lost it now I would be the most heartbroken so I just the thought of the of winning it is so high but the thought of losing it um is so low but Charlie what does this (laughs) It's this. I get. I get nervous just thinking about it. It's oh, horrible, um,
1: isn't it? <laughs> it's
0: really all right. Just honestly, I'm really not going to enjoy any of watching it. I don't, I don't uh, know I'm, how I remember, got. I don't know how I got through ninety minutes, extra time, and a penalty shootout without having a heart attack. Like against Munich, yeah. I just, like in Munich, I just. I've got Ooh, no s- idea how I did speaking it. Speaking
1: about speaking about um, 2012, I remember watching the time on the screen go go in the <laughs> so new camp, crazy. and it was it seemed like 10 minutes took like an hour. Like you look I, look, I remember looking up and it was like, I can't believe it's still 63 minutes. It was 61, like an hour ago. <laughs> I had and, the exact same
2: last and, night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe and it. Was, I was,
1: I'm at Munich as well. Like you say, we didn't, we didn't play well in Munich. Like didn't play well. No. And it was weird actually, because like in the ground, it was actually until we won and until the sort of, I remember the, the like half time of extra time was really loud and it was, we were all singing then, but in the ground it was like a little bit quiet because everyone was so nervous. There was a bit of like carefree and whatever going on. But I just remember sort of watching it in almost complete silence. Like I was in the middle tier and I was just like, oh, just, uh, <laughs> it was horrible. And I'm sure the same is going to be true. Obviously, it's gutting that, you know, looks I, like we won't I, be able to I, be there.
0: I but, honestly, I cannot believe that, you know, it's been nearly 10 years since Chelsea got to a Champions League final. And I just cannot believe the one season. I laughed at Liverpool when they lifted the Premier League with no fans. And now I'm mm. like, really it's just like backfired horribly because we've got to a Champions League final. And even if I wasn't, even if I didn't get a ticket for the game, I would be in that place. If if this was, if life was normal, I would be flying to Istanbul and I would make sure I was there. Um which is just gutting to think about. This whole Champions League journey, this whole route to the final, it's just so frustrating, all the places that we'd have gone. Um, They've got to move
1: it. They've got to move the final. It's I stupid think, having... Yeah, it's if the
2: cases are bad there, especially, I think in Turkey, the cases are really bad. So surely yeah. that dictates that you should move it. And if it's two English teams, why not have it somewhere here? They, I, don't know. Exactly. So
0: like, I think they were saying the playoff final is at Wembley on that day, which is fine. St mm. James' Park, Old Trafford, Villa Park, the Tottenham yeah. Hot. First day anywhere. We've got. Wouldn't so it be
1: great? It'd be great to win it, a win top, win it at Tottenham. Spurs, imagine <laughs> that. Imagine
0: Chelsea winning the Champions League, Champions League at Spurs. Listen, anyway, we, we could talk about this all day. I'm going to ask one more question, um, Chris, just about um, what does this mean for Chelsea next season? Because it really looks like Thomas Tuchel has been in charge like 99 days, and he's got Chelsea into the top four, in an FA Cup final, and into a Champions League final, which sounds absolutely mental. So, what does this mean for next season? If we can get one or two, because I don't think we need many, one or two additions in the right places, could we we genuinely be pushing for the title next season challenging Manchester City and Liverpool at the top
2: yeah I think as long as um, you just never know with the transfer window I guess but as long as we don't lose anyone key and uh, yeah we make those sort of shrewd signings in one or two places um, especially as a striker as we've spoken about I think especially if we show the consistency we've shown this season there is absolutely no doubt that I mean, at this stage, you'd feel maybe a bit disappointed if we weren't at least pushing, pushing top two for the majority of the season. I think the way we're playing and the way we've handled big games as well. Um, so, yeah, I think I think next season is, is really on. Obviously, it's easy to say that now, but um, I think the best is yet to come. And especially with the right additions, next season could be could be a special one again.
1: What they need to do is break the habit of a lifetime and just give Tuchel absolute carte blanche to do what he wants in the summer. They can't do this thing again where we have this great season, successful season, and then start mucking him about in the transfer window. Don't get yeah. the players he wants or sell players he doesn't want to sell. And not, you know, he's proved that he deserves complete control over our policy going forward. We need to give him that. We need to give him the um, the reins to do that. And and think- that's, that's the only way that it really works. Because, I mean, look... We we know that's what happened with Lampard in the summer. He he or you know the, the autumn. He had a relatively successful season and then kind of didn't get quite what he wanted. That happened mm. with Conte. That happened with Mourinho. That happened with Ancelotti. Yeah, that that can't happen to Tuchel because that's when it all starts going wrong. Yeah,
2: and he he doesn't like that as well. I think we know from his his previous yeah. stints at different clubs. If you don't back him, he is well, not a happy man. But the sounds of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I also, I think you've just got to accept that, you know, some of these players that you don't want to go and you would love to see make it at Chelsea, you might, you've just got to accept that this manager, you, it, the have done the job he's done, you have to be given for all. And if that means selling players that Chelsea fans love it, you've just got to accept it because for right now, like you have to do that. But listen, we're talking about Manchester City in the Champions League final. We had them a couple of weeks ago in the FA Cup semi-final and now we've got them at the Etihad in the Premier League. We've got a really difficult run of games now. I think we've got uh, Man City, Arsenal and Leicester. Charlie, how do you see this Man City game going? And do you think it, the result will have any bearing on the Champions League final?
1: Uh, no, to the second question, absolutely not. I, th- I can actually see us sort of playing a much weaker team. I think, you know, top four is in our own hands. Um, I'd almost, I'd almost be tempted not to play a strong side because I don't think we're going to beat them three times in a season. So uh, <laughs> um, I, I don't think it will have any bearing on it. Um, but you know, let's not, um, let's not kid ourselves and say this is as important as the game at the mm-hmm. end of the month because it, it's quite clearly not. I, it's it, it's such, it's just a shame that that they they have to win to win the league because i think yeah. they Guardiola will want that done as soon as possible um i i i actually think we'll lose at the weekend um wouldn't be great but i think with them having to win to win the league they just want that done and um and i and i think you know we we're, we're obviously coming off the back of an incredibly grueling and in, in incredible game we've obviously got an incredible game at the end of the month. And I think if one game has to suffer, then it's going to be this one. I think by beating Leicester and Arsenal, we will finish in the top four anyway. So um, I'm still coming down from the rail game. I'm, I I'm, I don't hold too much hope for the 90 minutes at the weekend, um, particularly with what's at stake for Man City.
0: What, Chris, are you feeling the same? Because I I feel, I know City are obviously brilliant Um and obviously, they beat us 3-0 earlier in the season in one of their best performances in the season. But that was a very different Chelsea team. And we've played them once under uh, with Tuchel. And I said that was going to be our biggest test um, of Tuchel's reign up until that point. And it was. And we passed it. And we were much better than them on the day. And it was a very strong Man City side. They Listen, they're going to play their strongest team on Saturday. To go out there, they want to win the league. But I genuinely feel like we can get something from the Etihad.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm in a similar boat to you. I, I that's a really interesting point that Charlie makes. And I think he's actually he's spot on that this is the the game that we could we could sacrifice. I've been looking at it with like, mm-hmm. well, you just love a big game and it's a big game. Um and then we've got two after it. But Charlie's right in that the the two that follow domestically uh, in the Premier League are much more winnable than than City away, no doubt about it. So yeah, he's right that potentially yeah, we'll see that sort of rotation. Yeah, one notable thing about last night is that the the yards that Chelsea put in, it was real hard yards. I I don't know the statistics, but there was the press was relentless, and that's what what kind of forced Real Madrid to be so poor in many ways. I think um, every we were just everywhere. I think uh, every single player. It wasn't just N'Golo Kanté for once. Like every single player covered so much grass, especially the front three in their sort of organised pressing. Um, but yeah, having said all that, I think, yeah, I agree that he'll rotate, but I could see us potentially nicking the point, because obviously City themselves had uh, their own sort of grueling game, but they've had a day's more a day more rest. But um I could see us nicking a point, but yeah, I, I don't ha- hold out too much open. I think Charlie's right that it wouldn't be the end of the world because it's in our hands and um the games that follow are, are more winnable.
0: Yeah, I think we I think we're obviously if, if we West Ham have got a fairly easy looking on paper running they've got Everton which I think um could be their stumbling block but that could easily be easily be a draw or an Everton win um but also our goal difference is better than West Ham so that's also an extra point isn't it so we're we level on points if, if we lose and they win um but yeah, it's in our own hands. I think Leicester might struggle as well because um, they've got some tough fixtures. I think they've got Man United, Chelsea and Spurs all to play um, in the next four games. Um, but listen, uh, just one more on this City game before we go, Charlie. It's, um, we, of course, beat them in, in the FA Cup semi-final. And like I've said, it was a strong Man City team. Do you think the City players will care about that one little bit? Do you think they'll go into this game on Saturday thinking, oh, we, we lost them a few weeks ago. We've got to make sure like we turn it on this week, especially because they can win the league if they win this game.
1: Yeah, as I said I think I think the motivation for them is is like tenfold um, they've obviously got a point to prove against us they will see it as a dress rehearsal for May the 29th and they need you know they cannot let I mean look they're, they're obviously going to end up winning the league but they they can't they can't let it slip they they, they need to do it as emphatically as possible they can do that with a win against us, and I've got no doubt in my mind that Guardiola will be drilling that into them, particularly in the light of the FA Cup. He's got a point to prove against Tuchel. Um, But yeah, look, I mean, there's not a team in Europe that wants to face us at the minute. Mm -hmm. I'd go so far as to say we are, possibly apart from Manchester City, we are the hardest team to beat in -hmm. Europe right now. Um, So, you know, it's, it's a lot easier said than done from their point of view, but I think what's at stake for them is so strong Added to the fact there's a Champions League final at the end of the month, added to the fact that he's got a bit of a point to prove having, you know, we stopped stopped the quadruple, didn't we? That's what everyone's saying. So, yeah, yeah, I've got no doubt in my mind that they'll be uh, motivated as hell for this game.
0: Yeah, I think you're spot on there, Charlie. Yeah, that's all we've got time for on today's pod. Thank you so much for listening. If you could drop us a review, it would be very much appreciated. Subscribe if you haven't already and if you've enjoyed what you heard. We'll see you on next time after hopefully beating Manchester City in the Premier League. We'll see you next time on wherever you may be.